Hello and welcome to The Connection, a new podcast from Connect Global. I'm Javier Mendoza, co-founder and vice president. We are excited to be using this platform to be more connected to you. The Connection can be broken down into three sections. The Founders Corner, an ongoing conversation between the co-founders of Connect Global. Global Neighborhood, a mix of interviews from around the world, including some of our friends and partners. And Life Talks place to hear the most recent talks we've given on the gospel, missions, and our place in the Great Commission. Our sincere hope is that you would favorite, bookmark, or subscribe to our podcast and for you to come back often for all the interviews, conversations, and to join the discussion. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to Founders Corner, an ongoing conversation between the founders of Connect Global. My name is Javier Mendoza. I'm co-founder and vice president. I'm here with Travis Moffitt, co-founder and president. Travis, how are you doing today? Javier, I'm doing very good. How are you doing? I am doing great. Uh, You know, we're actually enjoying a little bit of a cold front here in Dallas. The lows are in the 50s and it's not going to get over 70 today, but the sun is still shining, so it's been a pretty amazing morning. Wow, that sounds like awesome weather. Here in Florida, I think it's not going to get below about 80. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a cold front, too, though, for this yeah, time exactly. of year. Put well, our jackets on. Exactly. Well, I didn't know what exactly to wear because the sun is still shining, but it's definitely too chilly for uh, shorts and a t-shirt, if you know what I mean. Nice. <laughs> so anyways, let's turn our attention to another place that also stays warm. I think the average temperature in La Ceiba is 150 degrees uh, and talk a little bit about our national director Jorge Amador. Uh, This summer uh, we invited Jorge to become a part of the team uh, at Connect Global as our national director there in Honduras. Uh, We've known Jorge for quite some time. I guess uh, Travis you can tell us a little bit more about the very first time that you and I met him uh, and since then we've uh, been on almost innumerable trips uh, across that country of Honduras with him um, crisscrossing the different uh, cities um, dirt roads uh, down on the beach um, riding you know four-wheel drive when necessary Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the very first time that we met Jorge Uh, And then we will talk a little bit more about what brings him into Connect Global as our national director. Yeah, absolutely. You know, every once in a while, you just meet somebody and you don't know it in the moment, but that person is going to change your life. And the the ways your lives are going to become intertwined uh, will just eventually become inseparable. And that's really who Jorge has become for us. So uh, I remember, you know, we met him for the first time 13 years ago. We were on our very first trip to Honduras. Uh, It was the first time either you or I had been to Honduras. Uh, If I remember correctly, it was your first time out of the United States. I had been out of the United States a few times. It had been many, many years. And so this was a big trip for us. I remember having all of the nervous questions of, you know, what are we going to drink and, you know, how's the water and where are we going to sleep and all this stuff. And we get to the airport there in San Pedro Sula. And back then, the immigration office and the customs there for San Pedro Airport was really basic. So we sort of 
I don't know, it probably took us a good hour at least to sort of process through immigration, get our luggage. We had, I think, about 13 people, 12 or 13 people on the team all together. And then we we head out the front door uh, of the airport, and it's just packed with people. There's people all over the place. And um, inside the, the, the lobby area there, and then we head out the front door, and like you just mentioned, the heat just hits you right in the face. I mean, it's pretty hot. And then here's this huge yellow school bus, and standing right in front of it with a big smile is this guy, this Honduran man, who just is smiling, welcome to Honduras, we're so glad you guys are here. He's telling us in English, you know, uh, we're glad you guys are here, and at the same time that he's doing everything humanly possible to make us feel welcome, he's grabbing one suitcase after another, loading them onto the bus, just working you know, as hard as, as you've ever seen any man work. Uh, greeting, you know, I think he greeted every single team member uh, and got us loaded on the bus with uh, efficiency that would uh, that would challenge any, you know, any world-class organization. Um, got us loaded up and just within a matter of minutes, uh, the nervousness and, uh, you know, if I can call it, you know, any, any bit of fear or anything just really seemed to subside because of this man who, you know, is Jorge Amador. Yeah, I definitely remember having uh, a pretty immediate sense of familiarity with uh, Jorge. He always seemed like he's, you know, been your best friend since you guys grew up in, in school. Um, he definitely has a, uh, you know, a funny outlook on everything, a humorous outlook, I would say, on pretty much everything. So you've always got a joke no matter how serious the situation is which kind of reminds me of myself uh, because there's definitely some times where you should be much more serious than I think he or I are uh, and we definitely just enjoy life and enjoy our time uh, there in the country so I definitely remember that first trip being immediately familiarized with this very unfamiliar place uh, and I definitely can attribute that to um, just you know like you're describing just the uh, the ability to put people at ease uh, that I think he has uh, and to put people you know in a comfortable place even if, if they're very much outside their normal you know cues for civilization or cues for society um, so I thought that was a kind of a, a pretty fun introduction to the country that I think you know given very few other people you know that either we do know or maybe could have known or could have met at the same time um, I don't think could have replicated just as well. So I really appreciated that uh, in that very first trip. Um, now talking about the travel a little bit uh, as it pertains to Jorge and how we get in and around the country, maybe you can share a little bit about his uh, driving prowess and his skill behind the wheel uh, and tell us a little bit about some of the memories that you have driving through that country uh, with Jorge. Oh man, dude, this is by far one of the best parts of traveling to Honduras with Connect Global is that you get to travel with Jorge. So, uh, you know, in the last several trips especially, we've been talking a lot about his uh, his dad. He and I have been talking a lot about his father, who's since passed away. Um, but his father was an over-the-road truck driver in Honduras, so he drove big 18-wheeler trucks. And so his father taught Jorge how to drive an 18-wheeler um, when he was about 12 years old. He started teaching him how to drive originally like a car, you know, when he was like six. And uh, by the time he was 12, 13 years old, 
his father could put Jorge in the driver's seat of the 18-wheeler, and then his father would sleep uh, in the in the uh, in the truck, and Jorge would drive the 18-wheeler through the mountains of Honduras. And if you've never been to Honduras, uh, these are some some incredible mountain roads that are you know very narrow. Most of them are not paved roads, so they're dirt roads. There's not a guardrail. There's not, you know, safety stripes on the road or anything like that. So you can see what's going on. And uh, so just to conceptualize that, you know, my son is eight, and to think, okay, four years from now was the age that Jorge started driving huge logging trucks from the top of these mountains down uh, to, you know, to the city at the bottom of the mountains where they would unload the the, the logs and then turn around and, and drive back. Uh, so from there, he much of his uh, working life and professional life involved involved him driving big trucks not only in Honduras but all over Central America, and for a short period of time even in the United States. Um, so it's amazing. You can, you know, I'll be traveling here in the United States. For example, uh, we were driving through Louisiana uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said. Hey, we're driving through, you know, southern Louisiana, and he goes, "Oh yeah, where the roads all concrete." And he goes, "Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom," and he just he described exactly to me the sounds that we were driving over because he just has such a knowledge of the terrain from the United States all the way through to Costa Rica, um, and just his his understanding because he's familiar. He's driven all those roads, so by the time we get there, you know, talking about specifically about transportation. There are driving rules in Honduras that are not that different from driving rules in the United States. They drive on the right-hand side of the road. They have stop signs. They have, uh, you know, traffic lights. They have speed limits. So there are rules in place. Most of them are regularly not uh, adhered to. Uh, that's probably the best way to put it. So I remember sitting in the seat right behind Jorge. Uh, and so I could see what was going on. I wanted to be able to see the road, and I was trying to converse with him and have some conversation with him on that first trip. And man, there was more than one occasion that I thought, "Wow, I'm about to meet Jesus right now," because we were playing chicken with another 18-wheeler. It would seem like, you know, he would be driving this school bus down these narrow, in this case, paved roads, and there would be, you know, large 18-wheeler trucks zooming by. Uh, then over on the side of the road, you've got little kids walking a dog. You've got people riding a horse in a horse-drawn carriage. You've got, you know, taxi cabs running by. I mean, it's a wild experience. Um, but to watch uh, Jorge be able to, like you said, keep a sense of joy about him, but manage all of that and sort of maintain all that, even as a driver, was just unbelievable. It, it was incredible. To, to, to watch him do that in a, in a school bus. I'm talking about like what you rode to school on when you were a kid, U.S., you know, small seats, yellow, no air conditioned school bus. That's what we were. That's what we were driving in on those early trips. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Jorge was uh, at least born to be uh, behind a wheel of a, some sort of vehicle. You know, I think uh, pretty much the joke has always been made that if anything basically has wheels and a steering wheel he can drive it um, yep. and so we've always kind of enjoyed uh, kind of poking fun but I think to me the cool thing is is that his skills have come with years and years and years of experience um, and so when we look through the, the windshield and see you know just a scattering of you know like you said the distractions alongside the road the 
you know, sometimes painted center stripe, sometimes absent center stripe. Um, other vehicles coming at your direction and vehicles that you're trying to either overtake or being overtaken by. Uh, he is looking at the same scene, but with a very, very experienced eye. And so I've always appreciated the feeling of safety, even amidst the chaos uh, of driving in that country, um, especially after a, being able to appreciate even more after uh, Danielle and I lived there for a year uh, and being able to drive those roads myself, uh, you know, pretty full time. Uh, you definitely have an appreciation for someone who can navigate those roads and navigate those highways uh, with the precision and the skill that he has. So I've always thought it was pretty cool that he had an appreciation for driving uh, and definitely a respect for the wheel uh, that he was behind. Um, but it does take most of our passengers by surprise and it definitely gets people a little bit jolted uh, when they see just the manner in which you really need to drive in a country like that just to kind of keep up with traffic and keep through uh, you know some of the, the, the byways there um, but I definitely know that his skill and expertise to me outweigh uh, the distractions along the road so I personally have always felt safe I do feel like he does uh, a very good job at, at managing uh, you know everybody's expectations and everybody's feelings um, I don't feel like he tries to um, you know put anybody out especially in you know and even in driving uh, through the country I think he's always putting people at ease um, and so I think that kind of just goes keeps going along with the same theme um, kind of talking about how he and I are you know all of us when we're together uh, definitely love to joke and definitely love to keep things on the lighter note what's one memory that you remember of him or that you can think of uh, that just makes you laugh anytime that you think about it <laughs> Dude, especially talking about his his driving abilities and it, just his love for trucks and cars and just everything automobile, uh, he loves it. So I remember one time we were we were driving. He's driving the school bus, and we'd been going there a couple of years. And so we had rented a pickup truck. We always tried to, to have at least two vehicles because when we were uh, would travel out to Kasuna, so many hours away that just in case one of the vehicle breaks, one of the vehicles breaks down, you wanna have that backup vehicle. So he's driving the school bus, I'm driving uh, a pickup truck behind him. And uh, so when we left, I knew for sure he's in the steering wheel, I popped on the school bus, done a head count, make sure all the team members are there. I jump in the truck behind him and we head out on the road. So we're driving about a half an hour. We had not stopped. We're driving, you know, probably 40 miles an hour. We get down the road, and then all of a sudden, the back door of the school bus opens up, and there's Jorge standing right there at the back door while we're still driving down the road, you know, 40 miles an hour down the road. Well, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, number one, who's driving the school bus at this point? Because when we left, he was in the he was in the driver's seat, and we had not stopped. Well, there's another team member uh, named Lee who had traveled with, and Jorge and Lee were buddies. Uh, very close and Lee is also one of these guys who can like you said drive anything with the steering wheel So while driving these guys had switched in the driver's seat. I know this is crazy And then Jorge just you know to make the joke, you know popped out the back opened up the back door Waved at us in the pickup truck behind and then just shut the door. We went on down the road. It was hilarious, but uh, You know to, to think about how he just brings that humor uh, to every moment um, is so refreshing because like you said the roads there the driving there the transportation can really 
um, it can set you off a little bit because it's just it's just very different than what most people are used to, especially if they're coming from the United States. But Jorge has such a way of bringing humor, doing at the same time uh, not losing uh, his capacity for safety and watching out for you know all the team members and what's going on and just being aware of, of what's going on around him. It's really fantastic. Yeah, he's pretty funny uh, in the different things that he comes up with. Um, you know, he's always got sort of a way of solving a problem or a solution to a situation that is definitely outside of, I think, most people's normal thinking, uh, but it always gets the job done. So I remember a couple of different things. Uh, one time we were going in that same yellow school bus that you were describing down the road uh, and we hit a huge rainstorm, um, which is not at all, you know, uncommon. But it was just definitely a surprise, I think, for everyone because, uh, you know, we try not to drive it at night, but I think the, the sun was setting and so the, the thought process was, okay, we've got to get down the road so that we're not just still on the road, you know, after nightfall kind of situation. So we were definitely on a deadline and in a hurry a little bit. But this storm, I remember hitting and just the rain, the force of the rain and the amount of rain and uh, everything made it pretty impossible to see out that front window of that school bus. Um, and so we we made it to a little gas station on the side of the road and I think the windshield wipers were either just not working or maybe the rubber seal had broken uh, and so they just weren't clearing the water and I remember that Jorge had known this for some reason or had made it up on the spot I'm not sure but he had drove he walked into that gas station and came out with a pack uh, well like a carton I guess I don't know what you know how many packs are in a carton of cigarettes and yeah. came out with those cigarettes and all of us are just still kind of getting to know Jorge I think it must have been a very early trip and we're kind of thinking why did this guy stop for smokes in the middle of this rainstorm and I remember him pulling him out and breaking him all apart to get the tobacco out and taking the dried tobacco and smearing it all across the windshield and we're all looking at it. even I think maybe Lee might have been there um, but everyone who kind of knew anything about you know Rain-X is looking at this situation and we're thinking okay this does not necessarily you know make sense to us and sure enough breaking a few of those cigarettes and smearing them across that windshield for whatever reason if you know and you're listening and you understand why that works uh, let me know but it worked I mean it definitely cleared the water it helped you know the water kind of run off and run past the glass and clean the glass a little bit uh, and he was able to at least see to get us to the hotel, to the place that we were going to sleep that night. So I always thought that that was hilarious. And so anytime I'm caught in a rainstorm and my windshield wipers are not working that great, I always remember that every single time. And yeah. then the second thing is, is that he, uh, one time I think either one of our coolers was already too full or something happened. So we were trying to cool down some uh, something that we had bought. And so we had bought, you know, a lot of places in Honduras still sell blocks of ice. Um, so they're not selling bags or broken chunks of ice. They're selling whole uh, cubes and pieces of ice. Um, and so we had gotten that. And in order to keep it from melting, uh, Jorge had figured out also, of course, this one I at least understand the, the science behind it. But he had figured out that if you pack a bag of sawdust around whatever you were trying to keep cool, that of course that sawdust is going to insulate from the outside air and it's going to keep those temperatures from from changing all that much so he had done that and so of course we're bringing uh, groceries and our water and all the things that we needed to keep cold 
we were bringing them down the road in these huge 50 gallon black trash bags full of sawdust um, but yeah. sure enough by the time we got to where we were going everything was still cold everything was iced down uh, and very little had melted because of that insulation and so again that's another thing that I'm always talking you know about with friends or telling people uh, you know anytime that we're trying to cool you know a cooler full of drinks or you know at least we have you know electricity full time but I mean you know anytime I'm packing a cooler I continue always to think about hey if I don't have this cooler the next time I'm just gonna buy uh, a big bag of uh, sawdust and see if that works still because um, I always just thought that that was kind of interesting but I bring those two things up too specifically because like I said before tra uh, traveling through the country with him he always has a solution um, you yeah. know whether it's you know uh, a breakdown in the vehicle or a tire out or you know a road was closed in the city and we had to find a different alternate route uh, Jorge you know for one always has uh, a solution he always has some way of figuring something out you know we've joked before and have called him MacGyver um, because he's always got something you know if you give him you know some tinfoil and a toothpick you know he's gonna fix the car uh, and so I really always appreciate his not only just understanding because of course that comes with time and people can can gain experience and can understand that but it's also the the willingness and the confidence to go ahead and say okay we don't know exactly what this needs and we don't know exactly what's going on but there's got to be a solution to it you know and I think that that reality or that perspective I should say to uh, take with you in the mission field and take with you into uh, a job like the National Directorship of Connect Global, I think, uh, will definitely serve us well because he will not ever see a problem, whether it's you know anything that would arise from our the mission work or at the maternity home or any of the projects that we've built in the past. He always comes up with a solution. You know, I remember when we were building the fish farms uh, as one of our very early projects in Kasuna, and just every single challenge that we would throw, whether it was from the soil being too hard or from you know the wood you know being uh, you know eaten by termites every single challenge that we started to come up with there was always a solution that he had or something that he was coming up with in his head uh, to kind of get it done and get it done right um, and so I always appreciate of course his uh, know-how and his knack and ability for that type of work um, but it's really his his confidence you know um, people say you know you can have confidence uh, with other people and then you can still have a lack of self-esteem um, and I do believe that he has both I believe he has confidence and self-esteem um, you know I know that of course all of us have challenges sometimes with that because of course you don't know uh, you know if what you're doing is the right thing at the right time or, or whatever but he definitely will take the risk he'll take the shot and he'll do uh, what he feels he has to do to get something done uh, always with the team in mind always with the expected outcome in mind because he he knows we are all there to do a specific job we're all there to do a very specific task um, and it's a very important task you know we've talked about the great commission uh, in some of our other episodes and some of the other podcasts and uh, you know what better and more important job could any of us be doing in a place like Kasuna or La Ceiba Honduras uh, than fulfilling the great commission so I really uh, you know definitely take that away from his personality is that he always has uh, you know a next step 
you know, maybe the first step that he tries doesn't work or there's some, you know, other challenge that arises, but then there's a next step. And there's always something that comes and follows after something that he's tried or something that he's done. Uh, and to me, I think that's a, a really, really great attribute that he has personally as, you know, as a human being. But one thing that I really and especially love that he brings to Connect Global. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Travis, too, um, what's another skill or another attribute that you've noticed over the years that you really appreciate or specifically appreciate as it benefits Connect Global? Well, I think this is maybe one of the things that you don't expect right off the bat with Jorge. And, uh, you know, when you meet him, you realize, man, this guy can drive anything. Not only could he drive it, if it broke down, he can fix it, he can repair it. You know, we've had some of the craziest uh, repair situations, and he has just excelled in all of those. You know, everything from changing brakes on a school bus to, you know, rubbing cigarette tobacco on the windshield. I mean, and everything in between. And he has really just taken care of that. But there is a another dynamic that he displays that same attitude of not ever giving up, not ever quitting. And that is when it comes to dealing with the team members and really dealing with their hearts. You know, so as we were first getting to know Jorge and we realized, wow, this guy's like uber talented. You know, like you said, he's sort of the MacGyver of, of Honduras. And then we would gather to our team together at the end of the day and we would debrief the day, you know, what was going on. And we, we just debrief with everybody who's at the table, not just the Americans who are visiting Honduras, but the entire team, all the Americans that are there, all the Hondurans that are there, whoever. And we would get to, to Jorge and he would start expressing his perspectives on the gospel and he would start expressing his perspectives for the team members and how much he valued the team members and how much he would watch over them and care for them not only their physical needs, but where they were at emotionally on the trip, uh, you know, what their hearts were going through, how they were processing through culture shock, things like that. And it, it, it's like you don't expect that when you first meet him, but then once you sort of dive into that part of his heart and his life, your life, like you said a minute ago, as soon as you meet him, you feel like he's your best friend you've ever had. But once you really get to know him, you realize this may actually be the best friend I've ever had. You know, I mean, here's a guy who uh, can can make sure that he and his family are taken care of and and supported in such a way that now he can put his attention and focus on you and make sure that you're taken care of as a guest in his country. Uh, make sure that that you're safe uh, and that you can stay focused on on what you've been there to do as a team member. And that's really an incredible thing. It's really a beautiful thing. You know, my mother and father uh, were there with us on a trip just uh, a couple of months ago. And my mom had been there with us once before several years ago. And there were just challenges on the trip and it made for, for not really the best trip. And this trip here recently, you know, I told her, look, you know, come back and uh, we're going to have a great time. And I watched uh, Jorge really just take care of my mother and my father, you know, both of them, they're, they're a little bit older and, you know, they move a little bit slower. Uh, but I watched him make sure that we had, you know, better transportation and better hotel accommodations and some of those logistical things that he really squared away before we even got there. But really I watched him in conversation, how he engaged them, how he would check on them, 
how he would, you know, make sure that they had uh, what they needed, how he would joke with them and laugh with them and, you know, talk with them about things that are important to them. You know, they have other grandchildren by my siblings and he knows about that. You know what I'm saying? And so he would he would dive into conversation with my mother about her other grandchildren. And I'm like, man, you know, how thoughtful is that, that he is here genuinely loving on these team members that that come in. So you, you see on the one hand, this incredible talent of just getting things done. But then on the other hand, you see this incredible capacity to provide care and love and dignity to people. And, you know, you talked about how that relates to Connect Global for us. It's very important for us as we are in uh, Honduras or any nation, but especially because we, we travel to Honduras so much, we spend so much time there. It's very important that we are effective and the things that we say we're going to do, we actually get done. Uh, but it's also very important to us that we do that in a way that builds dignity within people and shows the love of Christ to people. It's not just, hey, we're just gonna you know sit around and, and sing kumbaya and not actually get anything done or on the other hand hey we're going to get a lot done but we're going to leave people you know in the in the wake of our uh of our just crashing through the country no we we believe there has to be a balance of the effectiveness and uh that effectiveness displayed in a way that is compassionate and jorge has really embodied that and uh, so when it came time that, that we needed to say, okay, we need a national director, it was a no-brainer. It was like this guy lives out uh, the DNA of Connect Global. And maybe that's, you know, because we've been friends for long, you know, so long, the three of us, you and I and him, have uh, worked together. But also I think it's because of the things that God has put in his heart and the way that Jorge has submitted himself to uh, working in missions and to the things that God has for him, and it's really molded his heart into just this this amazing, this amazing person. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can see that, uh, you know, from the moment you meet him. Like we've been kind of saying for this entire episode, is that there's an immediate sense of, you know, hey, I know, you know, this guy has what it takes. Um, but you know, also what, what is cool is that he is very balanced. You know, he has a very jovial, you know, personable and fun kind of persona, but then you look a little bit closer or you take the time to kind of, you know, get a little bit closer to him as a person and you realize that there's immediate depth to him. There's immediate, um, you know, just closeness to him that's available there, but it's not, that's not what's on loudspeaker. Um, and I think, you know, that can talk to, you know, different personalities and how different people are wired. Um, but, you know, at any rate, he definitely has um, a very good sense and self-awareness uh, about him that is very attractive, I think, to most people to where they want to be able to hear from him. They know that when they're talking to him, they'll be heard by him. Um, and so I just, you know, over the years have always seen that he definitely has a... Um, you know, a, a depth about him that I think is very attractive and that most people would definitely appreciate uh, getting to know a little bit better. Um, so I really appreciate um, how Jorge has come on board. Um, like you said, you know, there's several many attributes that we've looked at and have, have thought through in, 
inviting him to be a part of this team. Um, and each one of them are, you know, as individual traits or skills, you know, obviously would be very impactful and very uh, helpful to our organization. But seeing as how uh, Jorge is a very well-equipped and very well-rounded individual, uh, I think it really helps us infinitely more, um, you know, and that all of those skills put together are an exponentially larger impact um, for our organization, for his city and his country that he lives and works and breathes uh, every single day. Um, I think it makes a huge difference for Connect Global, obviously, to have a very permanent position uh, with him. Um, to where he's you know working on our behalf and he's helping uh, the directives that we're pushing forward and that we're trying to get done um, but that he's the one that is actually helping us implement all the different things that we're really trying to help uh, the situations we're trying to improve and be a part of uh, he and his family are really truly um, servant leaders in that respect and they would definitely take the time to learn and understand you know, even the things that they, you know, even though they're familiar with their their community, you know, there's always something that we all have to learn when trying to, um, you know, be a help and to help, uh, you know, assist our communities. Uh, and he's willing to do that. You know, he's willing to go and have the meetings and take the time to uh, listen and understand, you know, where everybody's at and see, you know, the best solution and the best way forward. Um, but he's also not afraid to take a stand and to move forward, uh, you know, uh, kind of directly um, because he knows that his country needs the work and he, he knows that his country needs uh, the assistance. And so he's a great um, bridge builder and he's a great connection for us uh, to the communities. And so for that, I definitely appreciate uh, everything that he's doing for us and everything that I know that he's going to get done for us. Absolutely. He has a capacity for uh, compa compassion um, that is, you know, off the charts. And uh, so like you were saying, how he sees the conditions within his country, uh, you know, he, he kind of sees the, the strengths and he sees the challenges and he sees areas where people can come and make a difference and where, you know, people can come and their efforts are not going to have very much impact, and so he knows how to how to measure that, and how to say, okay, here's here's areas where we can make a really significant, sustainable difference. You know, like the water well that we finished earlier this year. He really brought that entire project to us and brought the whole project together to make it happen, because he knew in that community not only did they need water, they needed a way to bring the gospel into the community, and so he could see. Here's a practical way that we can meet a very real problem, but through that we can cultivate relationships that we can now start bringing the gospel not only into that community, uh, but into that whole region. Because there have been just from that one project, there have been you know multiple multiple relationships now built, cultivated within the community, within some other uh, leading business organizations in that area that have opened doors for us. Uh, throughout that whole region of the country. That's an entirely new region for us that you and I really were not even familiar with. Uh, but Jorge could see the strategy there. He could see the end result that, hey, here's a way we can we can uh, be blessed to be a blessing. He says that to me all the time. Hey, we're blessed to be a blessing. You know, here's a way that we you know have something. We can give this well to these people. We can then bring the gospel in, and that's going to open doors for us to also move into other parts of the of that region of the country there in the south. 
and continue to share the gospel. So, yeah, it's great to have somebody, uh, you know, every day, boots on the ground, you know, on the field. Um, but to have somebody of his caliber for strategy and for compassion and for joy and for, um, you know, MacGyver skills uh, and, and, and just conscientious skills of, of moving things forward, it really is an incredible uh, win for Connect Global to have somebody that talented. And not only that, I, I know that I feel this way and you and I have talked, I know you feel this way. The fact that he's our friend. You know, the fact that uh, you and I have known each other and have such a close relationship uh, for so many years. And then now to have Jorge, who is so personally close to us as a part of this team that we get to work together. We get to meet the challenges together. And then we also get to share the wins together uh, as as friends and as family is, man, it's like icing on the cake. You know, I mean, it's just really is an amazing dynamic uh, uh, to have. Yeah, definitely. And I know that there are many, many people, uh, not just you and I, of course, because uh, Jorge has been at it for, you know, almost two decades with us. And, you know, even before that, through uh, the work with uh, his family. So uh, many, many people over those many years have felt the same exact way. They've experienced the same exact Jorge. uh, And so they would appreciate him in the same exact way as well and so to me i think you know one of the things um i know that if you know as he listens to this um other people are going to hear this and listen to this and remember some of the same type of stories or even their own personal stories and personal uh anecdotes about uh, jorge um and so i encourage you that if you are listening to this and you know our friend jorge Uh, please, please comment below. We're going to post this a couple of different places. So wherever you're listening to this at, uh, that's a request that we are making is that you comment below and let Jorge know uh, exactly how you feel, some of the great things that you remember about him and some of the the wonderful ways that he has been a blessing uh, to you uh, over the years. Because I definitely know that that's one of the things that we always have to do is tell people Uh, how we feel about them uh, when we have the opportunity so if you would do that please uh, comment or uh, call in and let us know that Uh, and so that leaves us just with one question of the day left Uh, Travis we're taking a little bit light uh, and especially uh, in light of how the conversation has gone about Jorge if you could have one superpower what would it be and why Oh man, if I could have a superpower, what would it be and why? You know, I jokingly say that I have a superpower that I can walk up walls because, you know, I have flat feet and they're so flat that if I walk barefooted on a tile floor, it makes a suction cup noise. So I just basically say I have two plungers on the bottom of my ankles. Um, I don't know that that's a desirable superpower. That's not a power or super. (laughs) Yeah. Man, you know, I think if I had a superpower, I would be able to fly. Uh, I think being able to fly would be just absolutely amazing to to view the world, to view the landscape with such a broader uh, view um, would be incredible. So that that would be my superpower. If I had a superpower, I would like to be able to fly. How about you? I already, I already think that you have superpowers, but if you could have another one, what would your superpower be? Well, if I was going to add to the long list of superpowers that I already uh, have, <laughs> I would definitely add uh, teleporting. I would get oh, yeah. 
to everywhere I wanted to be uh, just by blinking my eyes and thinking about the new place uh, because I definitely respect the fact that people will say that it's not about the destination it's about the journey um, but I don't think that they had TSA lines and flat tires and uh, you know long security lines through Miami and Atlanta's uh, awesome airports um, so I don't think yeah. that they were thinking about that whenever they coined that phrase. Um, so I would definitely skip all of those things and start my journey at my destination, if at all possible. I remember you said a couple of weeks ago that I love traveling. I mean, I love travel. I just don't like traveling. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's just the getting there that sometimes is so laborious. For sure. So I definitely love seeing new places and being in new places. Um, but if it were just not for the uh, long car rides and long flights, I would definitely be all over it. Um, That's awesome. So we want to appreciate you uh, for listening to our podcast. Uh, if you're listening on Anchor, please be sure to call in. You can even answer today's question. Um, if you're listening somewhere else, whether that be in the Apple Store or uh, the Google Play Store, please uh, send us an email or drop us a line and let us know that you're listening. We would definitely appreciate the feedback. We will catch you again here for Founders Corner on the Connection Podcast. Thank you very much.